Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parashah Naso and Parashah Naso is usually read either the Shabbat before Shavuot or the Shabbat after Shavuot but this week it happens to be that we read it on Shavuot. It's so it's a beautiful, it's a, it's a very special Shabbos. So it says in one of the Pasuks, in one of the verses of this parasha, it says a man's holy shall be his. And so what the Hophet Haim was what explained that this verse means is that the Pasuk teaches us that an object or an endeavor which a person dedicates consecrates for sacred use is what actually be belongs to him and this is what ultimately accom accompanies him to the eternal world of the Olamaba, of the world to come. So what he's saying is that every object, material object that you use to fulfill mitzvot, so for example you have your car and you're using your car to drive a, a, an old lady to the doctor or you use it to go and visit sick people in the hospital or you use it to go to a shiurim or you use it to take children uh, do carpool and help your friends take their kids to their homes or you use it for good things this car becomes con consecrated to your holiness it, it, it really takes a different uh, level also your actions take a different level and this accompanies you to the world to come to the to when you to the world to come so this means that the only the only objects that that endeavors that we may call ours are those which are linked to a spiritual goal so it's funny because i think it was a it was a montessori uh, he was asked by the king the, the queen of england how much he was worth and he answered her a, a certain amount of money and he was a very rich man and the Queen of England said oh you're, you're, you're really being funny with me I know you have much more money this is not what you're worth and he said to her look I really do have much more money but the money I give for Sedaka that I give to help other people is what I'm worth this is what I'm worth not the money I have is what I use that money for that's what gives me the worth so indeed in his Ahavat Hesed the Hofet Saim underscores this issue he writes who is greater than Hillel who certainly had sons who were holy Torah scholars which in itself is a great merit for the Tanah yet it was Hillel who declared I'm ain ani li mili if I'm not for, my, for myself, who else will there be for me? So what he's saying is, uh, Hillel, is that yes, maybe I am a Torah scholar and my kids are the sons of a Torah scholar, but if they're not working on themselves, they're not con constantly learning and doing uh, acts of love and kindness, then uh, what's the point? Like I can account for myself, but I cannot account for them. I remember a story of Rabbi Riskin uh, he's the rabbi of Efrat. Uh, he was a young boy, and his mother took him to buy his um, his bar mitzvah suit. And uh, after that, they went to a store that so that sold a um, uh, what's the name of this? Uh, um, I don't know. Like like uh, I forgot the name. The, the, he, the it sold cakes sold the delicious bobcas bobcas is the name so they sold bobcas in this this was a bobcas store it was a very famous store in new york 
So she took him there, this th almost 13 year old boy goes in and he's looking for the ashgaha in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the store to see that it's a kosher store that has a, a seal from the rabbis and he doesn't find it. So he looks for the owner of the store and it's this Israeli man, bald Israeli man. And he says, I'm sorry, do you have an ashgaha? So the Israeli man says to him, Anashkaha, I'll show you Anashkaha. And he takes him to his office and he shows him a picture of his great great grandfather who was a Talmid Haham, a rabbi with a long white beard and a big kippah. And he says, This is my Ashkaha. So Rabbi Riskin, at that time, 12 year old boy, almost 13, looks at the Israeli man and he says, I'm sorry, if you were the one that is talking to me, if that man in the picture is the one that's telling me that story is kosher and you're the one in the picture, I would believe him. But uh, if you're the one that's running the store, how can you say that look at the Ashkaha and your great-grandfather had the merits of being who he was but you haven't done what he did. So I cannot trust your, your kashrut. So this is what Rabbi Hillel is saying, like, yeah, I can say my great-grandfather, he was a great rabbi. And yes, many of, of the, the goodness in your life come from his merits. They come because it repays. But in reality, we're each one are responsible for our own goodness and, and, and Torah values. So there's a story here of, of Rabbi Eliyahu Eliezer Dressler, Shlita, and it tells that he used to live in Israel for a, a while. He went to yeshiva there and he said that he had never seen so much goodness, uh, the quality of the goodness that exists in Israel, in Jerusalem, is, is nowhere to be seen anywhere else. Like the, 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 the sensitivity of the people when they do kindness, it's like in a different level of what we, we think it's kindness. So he says that the, that amongst the many anecdotes he related uh, about meeting interesting people the way they did kindness, he remembers a man, uh, a man that, uh, that was a very rich man and he had this uh, mitzvah he did that um, uh, when he was gonna marry a child and he had 10 children, when he was gonna marry a child, it's a custom that uh, one has to give new clothes to every person in the family, if you can do it, right? If, it's a, if, if you can do it uh, economically, it is a, a mitzvah, it's, a, it's an obligation that each person in the family should wear a new uh, garment. It has to be given a new beautiful garment for the wedding. And so what he did was that he went a step above and when he married his children, he would obviously make these beautiful uh, clothes for his family. But if he was marrying a daughter, he would go to the orphanage of the girls and he would like make new dresses for every girl in the orphanage. And if he was marrying a, a son, he would go to the orphanage of the boys and he would give new clothes to all the orphans in that orphanage. And, um, and it says that, the, that this man was not satisfied with merely having new clothes made for his children, he gave uh, to, the, to the orphanage. So Rav Dessler observed that he had yet to see such acts of goodness in Europe. He had never seen this thoughtful and elevated sensitivity towards the way of giving. But the man one day confided to him that he never felt, like at the end, he never felt he did enough. That it was not enough. He said to him, he said to him, 
Uh, the clothes made for my family, I used the finest silk. I gave them the best garments. But the garments he had soon for the orphans were made of simple linen. What bothered him was that the clothes he had made for his family were not destined to last very long. Like you know, silk is a, is a very fancy material, but it's very delicate. It doesn't last a lifetime. And the garments that he made for the orphans were quite special since they, were, they would accompany them to the world to come. So if he would have been a better businessman, he would have spent even more on these garments. They were his ticket to paradise. Why would he pinch pennies on the mitzvah that guard such reward? So what he's saying is, that these acts of kindness really are our ticket to the Olamaba. And sometimes we're stingy with them. Like he says, if I would have known this is, this is my ticket, I wouldn't have just given them linen garments. I would have made even better garments for them. You know, it, it, it is what it is. Some people, for example, it's where you put your value, need mezuzas for their home. For example, they need 10, 11, 12 mezuzas for their home. Each mezuzah is a hundred dollars and more. If you want a good, good mezuzah, it can cost 200, 300 from the sofa, not from the store. And when you make the sum, you're spending, I don't know, $5,000 on mezuzahs. And many people get like, oh, like, how can I spend so much on a mezuzah? You know, but they don't mind spending $5,000 in a new TV or in a new stereo system or in, the, or in, their, in their furniture. They, don't, they give it in a jinx of a minute. But what they don't understand is that the ticket to heaven is not the TV, it's the mezuzah. So when you give value to, to these objects that are really mitzvahs, they, every time you put a mezuzah in your house, you're earning points, then you would buy the best, best mezuzahs. And this is what happened to this man when he realized that when he gave these um, clothes to the orphans. And, don't get me wrong, the guy is in a very high level, like who marries off their kids and thinking of, of dressing a whole orphanage after he dresses his kids for a wedding, he's in a very high level, but nevertheless he realized that his ticket to heaven was these clothes for the orphans, he would have made them even more expensive clothes. So many of us think that kindness is an opportunity which presents itself and one person jobs, jumps at the opportunity, thus granting him great merit. And Rav Levenstein quotes the Basuk in Devarim, Venasan leha rahamin, and he will give you mercy and be merciful to you and multiply you, which alludes to the idea that at times of the hesed opportunity, the times that God gives you the opportunity to do good, you know, it's an opportunity. It's not that you're a good person and you decide to go. He sends you the opportunity, which presents itself is by heavenly design, specifically designed and designated for an individual upon whom under the circumstances under which it was decreed should undergo a heavenly chastisement. So sometimes Hashem sends you an opportunity to, to kindness because he has to chastise you a little bit. He has to make you, but if you take the opportunity of the goodness, then he can uh, take away the chastisement. So every time that someone asks you, can you pray for this person? Can we do this? Can you give tzedakah for this person? Can you help me with this mitzvah? Don't throw it away. Take it. Because you don't never know if Hashem is giving you that opportunity to take away from your pain. You never know. And all the goodness you do is what really you take with you. This is it. This is your, your fortune in life. 
nothing else and do it for Hashem do it Leshem Shamayim don't do it for ulterior motives do it for Him and in that way it's going to be a perfect mitzvah so the, the, by finishing here he says, but was, was awarded the Hesed in the attempt to circumvent its effect on the individual, thereby sparing him a dose of adversity. We never know what our acts of Hesed will achieve. We never know the goodness we do, what will achieve for us. And the beneficiary, nor do we will realize that it is an opportunity which was availed to spare us from perhaps being on the receiving end of the acts of Hesed of someone else. So, you know. To finish off, I, this comes to mind right now, many years ago, my, one of my daughters opened her chin like around 8 p.m. at night and I was with some friends and I had to run and get her and take her to the hospital. One of the friends that was with me at that moment was the only one that stood up and said, you know, I'll go with you, you should not go alone. The rest stayed to have their dinner and she came with me. And it was 3 o'clock in the morning and they, they hadn't even taken her in. We're in the emergency room. They haven't even taken her in. She was around eight years old. And then suddenly another couple that my daughter was playing with her daughter when this happened, arrived at this emergency room at three o'clock in the morning. And they were like, what are you still doing here? There, this was a time where there was no cell phones. So what are you still doing here? I said, I don't know, they haven't taken me in. So they said, this is incredible, this shouldn't be. They put us in their car with my friend, my daughter, them, and they drove me to another hospital, a children's hospital, and we arrived there right away. They took her in, they stitched her up, and by four o'clock in the morning, we're five o'clock in the morning, we were back home. It happens to be that many years later, this is unbelievable, her daughter, my friend that came with me, to this to come with me to be with me and the son of this couple got married so you see an act of kindness so many years before an act of kindness a good friend someone that came so I wouldn't be alone she was with me till five o'clock in the morning and this couple that were caring that they they were worried about me Hashem gave the, this gift to them their, their two children got married and they have a beautiful family so Every time Hashem sends you the opportunity to do something good, just run and do it. Don't even think about it. Don't contemplate it because the Yetzer Hara will get into you and will say, oh, maybe later, you're too worried, too busy right now. Don't, maybe someone else will take care of it. Run and do it. Run. Because you will never know why Hashem is giving you this gift. So I wish you a blessed week. I wish you a Hag Sameah. You should have a blessed, blessed Shavuot. Receive the Torah with a lot of love and joy and live a little higher. Thank you.